Let's turn our attention to uh, something that is quite timely. It involves the uh, folks at Health Canada. They announced today that Moderna's updated COVID vaccine for the latest COVID variant has been approved. Here is Dr. Supriya Sharma. I know we all wish COVID-19 no longer existed, but people are still getting infected and vaccination continues to be one of the most effective ways to protect ourselves against serious outcomes, including severe illness, hospitalization and death. Vaccine protection decreases over time, which means many of us are due for another dose. Receiving a shot of the new formulation will help protect people against the variants circulating currently and expected to circulate through the fall and winter. I'd like to welcome onto the show Dr. Alan Grill, Chief of Family Medicine at Markham Stouffville Hospital. Welcome to the Kelly Cotrera Show. Good to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here again. I know that some people kind of, uh, they flinch at the idea of uh, getting another vaccine for COVID because, you know, the dream was that this is over. It's not over. Uh, It's still out there. But how concerned should we be? So, you know, when they focused on vaccinations today and they specifically talked about the fact that Moderna, uh, their vaccine is called SpikeVax, is a newly approved vaccine against COVID-19. It's focused on you know, the latest sort of Omicron variants that have been circulating in the community. It's just a good reminder as to, you know, what is the purpose of vaccinating against COVID-19? What we're really trying to do is decrease the risk of severe outcomes, you know, hospitalizations, uh, even death, people getting really sick. And, and, and the focus today was really saying that those at the highest risk, we should really be prioritizing. So people that are pregnant, people that are over age 65, those with chronic diseases, like let's say diabetes, people that have compromised immune systems, and those that are in congregate settings. So, you know, like long-term care. I work in nursing home settings as part of my family practice. These are very frail seniors. And we want to make sure that the most vulnerable aren't uh, getting really sick. And on top of that, you know, as Canadians and, and whether you live in Ontario or elsewhere, we want to come together as a community and remind each other that Our current health care system is still pretty fragile, right? We've got staffing issues. You know, our hospitals are still sort of working overtime to catch up on a lot of conditions that were delayed by the pandemic. You know, people not getting the care they needed timely because we were so focused on COVID during those really high waves. We, We don't want people getting sick and flooding the emergency room. So the vaccination piece is really a reminder that it will just be less uh, people getting sick and we want to protect those that are the most vulnerable. Yeah, I think people hear COVID and they think, oh my gosh, we're not going into lockdowns. I'm not. I'm never going back into a lockdown. We're not talking about that now. We have uh, quite a, a significant amount of immunity with all the vaccines we've had. Uh, if you're relatively healthy and you're, you know, still employing good hand hygiene and wearing masks where you need to, like if it's a super duper crowded place and, you, you know, and somebody doesn't look so good, uh, then these are all things that we know now. So I don't think we have to worry about any kind of lockdown or, or freak out here. Yeah, I would I would 100% agree that, uh, you know, coming on the show, my purpose was not to make people freak out. It was not yeah. to make people panic at all. This is really about the, and again, uh, I'm not here to talk about lockdowns. Mm-hmm. As a family doctor, I'm really here to talk about how we can all yeah. stay as healthy as possible. But this is really just a reminder that the winter is coming People move indoors. Aside from COVID-19, there's a lot of other respiratory illnesses that float around every year that I think we only started to pay even more close attention to because of all the attention on on the pandemic. So, for instance, influenza or the flu, there is a vaccine for that every year that's free that will also help decrease your chance of getting that and getting really sick and having to miss work and social events 
etc. You know, there are um, uh, the fact that there's RSV coming and, and the common cold. So as you said, washing your hands, staying home when you're sick, you know, masking if you have symptoms, all of the things that inherently will protect us. It's just a good reminder that all that stuff is probably coming back. Yep. But yes, I don't think we should be panicking at this point. Okay. Um, and I say that because I'm invariably going to get some texts or calls and people, uh, you know, ah, you know, it's uh, the, the people that are really worried and concerned about where we're going. And I think everybody just needs to calm down a bit. These vaccines are very good for our health. I mean, I love this T-shirt once I saw on somebody, vaccine uh, leads to adults, which is true. And this leads me to this story from uh, Toronto Public Health, which is really worrying. Only 22% of grade 12 students have had r- routine vaccines. And this is kind of comparing it to 80% of grade, uh, well, let's get to... I think there's, well, that's grade 12, but if we look at another one, almost 80% of grade two students were vaccinated in 2017 and 2018 compared to 43% in 2023. We've got a situation where fewer people are vaccinating their kids. What's at the heart of this? Yeah, and, and I would say that, you know, we, we just we just shifted from a conversation where we don't want to make people panic. Yeah. But, you know, as someone who's a family doctor and and a lot of what I do, it's all about prevention, right? I want to I want to give patients advice. I want to do things that prevent them from getting really sick as opposed to having to, to, to use all my time treating it in the acute care system. And vaccines are one of the things that are so inherent to, to family physicians and nurse practitioners, pediatricians, those that do primary care. And, and, and the stats you just shared, they are a bit concerning in the sense that, you know, these routine vaccines are protecting people against diseases that, you know, if we start letting those rise, it's going to have a lot of health implications on people. And, and, you know, when you talked about grade 12, I think what you were referring to was public health, you know, normally goes into schools in grade seven and eight, and they immunize those students against human papillomavirus. So we prevent things like cervical cancer and and oral cancers, um, hepatitis B, which prevents against liver disease, and meningitis, which, as you know, can be fatal. It's when you get this uh, inflammation of your brain that, that that can make you very, very sick. And so when public health didn't go into the schools because we were overwhelmed with COVID, not everybody got the vaccines in a place where you knew you'd go to school that day, you'd get your vaccine and it would be done. So that was one reason. I think the fact that, you know, people at one point were were staying home a lot and not going to see their primary care provider. So they might have missed out on some other vaccines. We know that there's a shortage of family doctors right now. There's a lot of people without a family physician. So, you know, where do they go and get their vaccine? So I think there was sort of like a combination of of challenges. But I will say on the bright side, I can tell you that in my office, people are coming in to see me all the time. I do very little virtual care. We are using our electronic medical record to contact patients and catch them up on any missed vaccines. Public health clinics across Ontario are opening up clinics, especially for the students in grade seven and eight who are now a bit older that might have missed those shots. You can contact your local public health unit. It's all on the website. So we all have to do a a better job catching up. But yes, we want those stats to improve. We've already improved the stats compared to, let's say, you know, a year ago in the sense that more people are going to see their doctor. But yes, we have to all come together with public health in order to get those stats up because we don't want people to get these conditions that are preventable and have these poor health outcomes. Is there a routine vaccine that you're most worried about? I mean, if if it drops any more, the, uh, the, the number of people vaccinated for that virus? 
Well, I mean, I, I'm worried about sort of all of them, but to give you an example, you know, we're, we've been seeing more cases of measles lately than we were ever seeing before. And, you know, measles is, is the type of virus where people can get meningitis, right? You can get these neurologic complications that can be permanent. And so, again, a simple vaccine is going to significantly reduce your chance of getting that. So we don't want to see cases of those. The other one, you know, rubella is another one. that These are the ones that we're giving, uh, you know, infants. You know, we don't want uh, pregnant people to ever not be protected against rubella because it can have implications on their pregnancy. You can get complications. So if I had time to go through each one of these routine vaccines, I, I could give a very convincing argument of, uh, of why I'm concerned about each one. They are all super important. And this is yeah. why in Ontario, they are publicly funded. They are available. And if you ever have any questions about it, please speak to your primary care provider. We will take the time, explain it, why you're getting it, what's the schedule. And, and for the most part with my patients, very pro-vaccine in my office. They're more than happy to get it after we have that conversation. I think people, because we've got such a crisis with a shortage of family doctors, I think that, you know, family doctors are slammed. I, you, you probably have your, you know, your person that's working at the front of, uh, of your office trying to figure out how they can shoehorn people in to see you. Um, is, there, is there a way that we could get these uh, vaccines not at our primary health care provider? Could we go to a walk-in? Can you, you know, if you feel like you can't get an appointment? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I, I would always try your primary care provider first. Secondly, pharmacies do a lot of these vaccines. Uh, and, and again, sometimes you need a prescription for it, but pharmacies is another resource you can go to, your local public health unit. There are public health vaccination clinics. They call them catch-up clinics. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out where the timing is and, and where they're being offered. And finally, there are some walk-in clinics that will have vaccines available in their office that they can that they can give to you. I think the other thing too, Kelly, that I would love to see, you know, just added on, on the top of, of, of our goals is an actual vaccine registry. Cause you know, what happens sometimes is public health will send a letter to one of my patients and say, you're, you, you're, you need this vaccine because we don't have any record of it. Mm-hmm. That patient will come to my office and I'll show them on their medical record. We've actually, we actually have given the vaccine. I'll sign the letter. They'll take it back. But part of the problem is we don't have a registry where we can share all that info. It would be so much better technology-wise, if we invested in that. And that takes, you know, partnerships and government, et cetera, so that we all know who needs ketchup and vaccines. We find them quickly. We notify them. We get them in. And that way, everybody sort of has an equitable approach to getting on top of their vaccine. I'm surprised we don't have that. That must have to do with either uh, it's a government situation or uh, privacy rules. And people are worried about that with medicine, with the e-health, you know, debacle and things. In the past, because it makes a lot of sense when you're going to be going to your maybe a walk in clinic and they ask you, well, you know, have you been updated for measles? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if they could just go onto the registry, they'd find out. They'd find it. Yeah. So so the yellow cards we carry around, probably something we have to move away from. And I'll tell you, during COVID-19, you know, in Ontario, we had this COVAX system and it was a little bit cumbersome to use. But at least I could tell you in real time who had what vaccine, what data was given. We need something like that for the rest of these vaccines that's easy to use. And I look forward to developing that because that way we'll have a whole registry of of who is behind and we can actually reach out to them, especially the most vulnerable population, Mm -hmm. those whose English isn't their first language, you know, new immigrants to Canada. We want to make sure that they're up to date as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times it's just, oh, I, I forgot I had to get that. So we're so busy. This only makes sense. Thank you so much for joining us. I've really appreciated our talk. 
My pleasure. Have a wonderful afternoon. You as well. Dr. Alan Grill, a chief of family medicine at Markham Stouffville Hospital.